This morning we want to talk about how the city of God is a place of power. And if you remember, one of the things that I I talked about at the beginning of this series is that we know in everyday life that there's such a thing as prime real estate, prime real estate being that real estate, that place that is most attractive to live and to be um, in this world because of all the different reasons that I mentioned at the time. Uh, We as followers of Jesus want to be in his um, prime real estate and when we are in that prime real estate, the place of God, the city of his people, we are in a place of power. And this psalm, Psalm 48, has much to say to us about how that power manifests itself, not only to us as God's people in Jesus Christ, but then also to the world that doesn't know Jesus. And how we understand that that power is a message to the world. And goodness knows, as we live into the craziness of this life and our culture and current events and all those other sorts of things, we want God's power to be shown to the world. We want this world to see who God really is in all his fullness in Jesus Christ, that that power might transform our world towards peace, towards unity, towards more love, more grace. And I think this text has something to say to us about that this morning. As we get ready to hear from God's word, let's pray for his blessing, his transformation, and his presence in our time. Father, um, speak to us through the power of your word. You have made us a city, a city of power. May we understand that more fully and more deeply. May we understand who you have made us to be, who you are making us to be, so that we might experience more of your power in our lives and thus the world around us experiences more of you. Father, there are again are people who come here who feel powerless, who feel a sense of weakness, brokenness, hurt, addiction, pain, shame. They come with doubt, loneliness, fear. We pray, Father, that you meet all of us, regardless of where we are. If we are in that place, Lord, of powerlessness, show your power to us in an abundantly clear way that we might know who you really are in us through Jesus Christ. And those who come, Lord, um, with joy, Lord, may we experience the fullness of your power and the joy of this life, the joy of family, the joy of fathers that we celebrate today, the joy of uh, the wholeness and health that we experience. Father, may we then, out of that blessing, out of all those blessings, show the world your power so that they might see it too and also catch a glimpse and perhaps experience some of the joy that many of us know. God, this is work that you and you alone can do through the power of Jesus and the presence of your Holy Spirit. We pray that you do it today. In Christ we pray. Amen. Now, as we prepare to hear from Psalm 48, um, Psalm 48 is one of those psalms that is actually, it is a, a song This is one of those texts, and the Psalms, uh, the book of Psalms has many of them, that was written as a song of worship. And if you, we know in this church, we have lots of songs of worship, right? And as we sing our songs of worship, it's interesting to watch how we uh, interact with different songs of worship. What I mean by that is, um, 
you know, we have those songs of worship that have this phrase in it. I raise my hands in worship to you or praise to you. We, we have songs that have that sort of phrase in it. And what happens often, not everyone, but many, do raise their hands. It's almost like this, this song that we're singing becomes an instruction to them. If this, the song is saying it, then, well, I'm going to do it. And if we look at this psalm this morning, it's actually a psalm of instruction to people as they worship God, as they sing the song to him. You hear them say, walk around, look around. And you can imagine that this is a song that was sung by God's people in his city, Jerusalem, that was not one of those songs that you sit down for. And we have those songs where we just sort of sit and, you know, maybe they're more thoughtful or pensive or whatever. Uh, But this song is not like that. This is a song of activity. This is a song that engages people. And as you read it, I want you to imagine that as this is read among God's people, that they're actually doing these things that the psalm is calling them to do. Look around, walk around. Be a part of God's city. See God for who he is. This is a psalm of activity. So let's begin by reading Psalm 48. We'll start at verse, four, uh, at verse 1. Great is the Lord, most worthy of praise. Because as we show away about God's here, that God, it's his holy mountain. In the same way that you and I have, have deeds, uh, you know, the, the right to construct or whatever it is on a piece of chin. God's city, his city of power, is his in any form or fashion that he desires to do that. And God as the constructor, if we think about us as his city, for us to remember that God is constructing us as his people and as his city in unique forms and fashions. We see that this morning. We have a man back here who is a brick in the city of God that plays the saxophone and other musical instruments really, really well. That we have people out there who have hearts of compassion. That's part of what God has made them to do and what God is making them to be. God is the constructor and he's making us because each of those children be part of God's construction of his city and for us to hear that we are unique and some of you are way more unique than others. You are unique people. Some of you, God has put onto high school or elementary school or college campuses for the purpose of being God's presence, God's power in those classrooms. Some of you, God has put in the medical field. Some of you, God has put in the business field. Some of you, God has put, placed you, instead of thinking about vocationally, he's placed you in neighborhoods. He's placed you in homes or apartment buildings and complexes where you are God's construction of his city there. And for us to continue to wonder, who has God made me to be? Who is he making me to be? And how do I engage in the place that he has put me in a form and fashion that shows people who he is? I'm always amazed when I hear from some people in the congregation, they talk about how they've been surprised how their testimony in their workplace or in their family, they they were surprised that people were watching them. But they were. 
And because people were watching them and wondering whether or not this whole Christianity Jesus thing was true, they saw something in these people in their workplaces that made pursuing Christ attractive. You have a place. You have a voice in whatever context you are in for the purpose of glorifying God for you and I to discover more about what that is. And every time something new happens, a new door is opened in your life. I always, I I think of this almost every time our kids change sports seasons. Because every time we've been in a different sports season, it's like there's a new team that becomes a place where we try to just live out faith. We get to know parents. We get to know the kids. We get to know who they are. Right now, I have the opportunity once a week for about three hours to be with a young man who's on Troy's soccer team. And I'm very intentionally trying to show who Jesus is to this young man as we drive back and forth to a practice every week. Every time something new happens in our lives, it's a different place that God has put us to be his construction of his city. Let's continue to read. Verse 2. Beautiful, the city, in its loftiness. The joy of the whole earth. Like the heights of Zaphon is Mount Zion the city of the great king. God is in her citadels. He has shown himself to be his fortress. Now, again, as we read the psalm, let's read it for what it's telling us about the city of God. We already heard that this is God's city. This is his possession. This is his construction. And now we hear that not only is it his possession, but he dwells within it. He is present within it. God is in his city. And again, as we understand who we are as God's people, the city of God constructed for his plan and purpose, for us to understand that not only does God have a purpose for us, but as we execute that purpose in our workplaces, in our neighborhoods, in our families, that God is dwelling in us, moving us, transforming us to a more full understanding of how he has designed us to be in that context. Wherever you go, God is. And that certainly can be, uh, 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 can bring with it some fear, right? I mean, we think about some of the things that we've done over the past week. Are you really excited about the fact that God was with you the whole time? Are there some places where maybe as you went or things that you did, things that you thought, things that you said, things that were going on that, oh boy, if God is with me, then, ooh, yuck. Ah, I don't know, that's not comfortable. But hear this. God is with us in all those contexts. And even though there are those places in our sin that are, are, are in our lives that are sinful and broken, even though there are places in our life where we may feel shame, God still, through Jesus Christ, accepts you embraces you and certainly for us to feel the conviction of our sin and the fact that we weren't honoring the God who is present with us as as we're living this life certainly as we understand that 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 you know maybe we didn't take him to all the places that we should have gone we weren't obedient in that understanding that despite our brokenness in Jesus Christ we are acceptable to God and he doesn't take away his presence in fact hear me here Understand this. 
If you have ever known the presence of God in Jesus Christ, if you have ever in your life accepted the grace and the knowledge of who Jesus is, God's presence, promised presence, never leaves you. God's presence among his people in Jesus Christ is assured always. I want you to hear that because I know that there's questions about it. I know that there are people here who think to themselves, wait, Pastor Scott, you don't know. You don't know what I've done. You don't know where I've been. Yes, I knew the grace of Jesus Christ, but I've done things. I've heard that so many times. I've done things that make me unacceptable to God. Hear me, brothers and sisters. No matter if you are in the dregs of your addiction. No matter if you are in the brokenness and the selfishness of your affair. No matter if you are in a place where you have walked away from God even. If you've known the grace and the love of God through Jesus Christ. God's presence in you through Jesus is assured always. Certainly God wants us to be transformed. God wants us to be made new. We, he wants us to be in Christ and made into this new creation. But even in our brokenness, our sin, and our frailty, if we break covenant relationship with God through our sin, God is so good. He is so loving. He is so graceful to you and I that he never takes his presence away. God, hear me here, never leaves his city. He's always among his people. And if you know the grace of Jesus Christ, you are in his city. And his presence is always assured to you and I through Jesus Christ. Now, as we continue reading, we're going to read about two responses to God's city. So we continue. We read verse 4. When the kings joined forces, when they advanced together, they saw her, that's the city, and were astounded. And what was their response? They fled in terror. Trembling seized them there. Pain like that of a woman in labor. You destroyed them like ships of Tarshish, shattered by an east wind. The first response is one of fear. There are those who see God's city, God's power, God's presence in their life, and their first response is one of fear. Why? Because God is holy. And I'm not. Because God is one who calls me to be made new. And I don't know if I can do that. God calls me to be faithful and depend on him for everything. And I don't know if I can let go of control. I don't know if I can give up my independence. Witnessing God's power can bring a fear of judgment or destruction or a loss of independence. And we know that there are people in our lives who have rejected God for any number of reasons, but more often than not, they come down to one of these. 
They are fearful that if they come into God's presence through Jesus, if they buy into this whole Jesus Christianity thing, then God is going to show him just how holy he is and they're going to realize how yucky they are. Or they're going to hear God's calling to be made new, to be transformed, to be changed, to walk in the light as he is in the light, and to leave darkness behind. And for some, hey, they don't know how to do that. They don't think they can. Or the darkness is attractive to them. Or it has its grip upon them. And maybe I shouldn't use the word them. Maybe that's us. Maybe there's people here who are feeling that. Yeah, they come to church, but they don't really want to give up all of the control that they have in their lives for the simple reason that they don't know that they can handle that sort of change. If God comes in me, things are going to be different, and I don't know that I can do that. When we as a culture, are exposed to God's power because it is what God makes it to be. So often, our culture and our world reacts to it and says, we don't want any of that. It's too much. It demands too much. Or it's something that we're fearful of. It's one of the reasons why we have in our culture right now such reactions to the church. Such, such reactions to us, how we speak about God and, yeah, we need to do better. Yes, we need to make sure the message is, is a good one, is a clear one, is full of love and grace. But even often when that message of love and grace is communicated to the world, it's rejected because we just don't know how to handle it. Now, there's a second response to seeing God's power, to seeing his city. Begins in verse eight, or sorry, verse, yeah, in verse eight. As we have heard, so we have seen in the city of the Lord Almighty, in the city of our God, God makes her secure forever. Then we hear these words, within your temple, O God, we meditate on your own. Praise reaches to the ends of the earth. Your right hand is filled with righteousness. Mount Zion rejoices. The village of Judah are glad because of our judgments. Now remember, we said people are fearful of God being their judge. Here we're hearing people rejoice because God is judge. Because sometimes when people who know God's love see his power, they receive it as comfort. Encouragement. They can receive it even as love. When one understands that being in God's city immerses one in God's love and grace, and his power is the power of acceptance in Christ, fear is replaced with comfort. Yes, God wants to make my life new. Yes, God wants to change who I am. But what he wants to change me to is it's good. It's beautiful. It's, it's better than what Scott else. Yes, God, come, God wants to come in and he wants to make me new and he wants me to let grip upon me. But that's because God wants me to be free. He wants me to experience those things behind. I'm one. He is calling not only me and in me because God, what we say, God is in here 
the same message of God's comfort. I was thinking about that. I, I was trying to struggle to give you a, a certain image to understand that point. And then yesterday happened. <laughs> yesterday morning with some folks from church. And we parked downtown. We went in. We had a nice breakfast. Sinful thing, actually. That's right in the name. But we're there. We have breakfast in places. But I noticed some new... Kristen, Kristen, is this... Didn't do anything because she drives a van most of the... I didn't do anything. Paper napkins. And paper napkins on your windshield are never a good thing. Or hit our van. They hit it with their truck. And they didn't leave their license plate. And saw... He's in trouble. Kristen has some basketball stuff. I come here to church to get ready for the police department. And police department, I call them. And they're, so I'm waiting and to the police officer to come so that, the, you know, because that's how I'm feeling at the time. I want him to take care of the, the presence of this police. minutes, half an hour, I, he takes my All you, uh, all you police. I'm in a tire shop in an office and I call my insurance company. Call me back. Uh, Sergeant Nelson, or Sergeant Nelson, uh, by the way, um, and they're very, very, Paul, here's his number, he can, um, he wants to make a ride with you. So, so I say, okay, I'm going to just try not too far away, and I look like the guy who it was. And he proceeds to apologize, and he says, we want to make it right. I tell him the shop that we're going to, he wants to make it right. And he said, yeah, you know, I knew a police officer drove into the parking lot. We deal with, I wasn't expecting one here this morning. And as soon as he drove, and his hands started shaking. You can imagine why. I'm sorry I didn't tell you. I'm sorry I didn't leave my information. But I was fearful that I was going to lose my job. Officer showed up here. Police officer he comes with judgment. That's God's presence in our world. For those of us who know the comfort and the grace of Jesus Christ, when God shows up, we welcome him because we know that what he offers us is good. It is just. It is holy. It is loving. It is pure. It is, is righteous. But when God shows up in the lives of those who do not walk with him, his presence is received as judgment and with fear and with this giving up of control. It's not received with the same comfort and the same love. It's the same power. It's the same presence. But the reception of it is very, very different. As we continue to read we'll continue here in verse 12 walk about zion this is where we get the activity part go around her count her towers consider well her ramparts view her citadels that you may tell of them to the next generation for this god is our god forever and ever and he will be our guide even to the end as we think about the city of God, we need to understand that living in God's city carries with it responsibility. What do we hear here? Walk about Zion and go all around her that you may tell it to the generation following. Mark shared earlier that 
out of who we are, our DNA. We care deeply about Christian education. We want the next generation to hear more, learn more about their place in a world where God's grandeur and glory is on display, even in math class. We want our kids to be blessed as they discover who they are and what their gifts are. We want our young people to grow in faith and knowledge of Jesus Christ. Why? Because that's not just something that's good. It's a responsibility. It's a calling that you and I have received. How many times have we stood over here and there have been parents who made promises about what they were going to do in the lives of their children and we don't just ask them to do that because that's a good thing. We ask them to do that because that's a calling of God upon us. Tell the truth of God's power, God's presence. Tell the truth of the grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ to the next generation so that they may know and when they see God's power, They do not see it with a sense of fear. They instead receive it as the comfort and the hope and the love with which it is intended. We are to speak of God's power of love to those that come behind us. They need to see see it, but they must hear it too. Now, just a moment on that. There are folks who say, I don't have the spiritual gift of evangelism, right? People who say, I, don't, I can't really tell people about Jesus. I don't feel comfortable do that. I don't have enough knowledge of the Bible. Hear me here. There's plenty of other places. Jesus Christ. Yes, you're called to live it. Go live lives of integrity. Go give li- live lives of truth. Go live lives that show people what Christ has done to you. But do not be afraid. In fact, not only do not be afraid, but you should never think it's okay that you don't open your mouth about the truth of Jesus Christ. Speak of it. Speak of the hope and the knowledge. Speak of God's power in your life. If you have been changed, if you have known God's love and God's grace, open your mouth about it. Let people who do not know it, because their story so often mirrors yours in some way, shape, or form, and your story might inspire them. Your story might be a part of God's grace and transformation in their lives. If you and I have the courage to speak, and yes, I know, folks, I know. I talk too much. Some of you don't talk enough. I do know, though, that oftentimes when I do speak, I don't know what's going to come out of my mouth next. I really don't. Honestly. Some of you, that's not a surprise even a little bit. (laughs) But here's what I often know about when I don't know what I'm going to say next. God shows up. The Holy Spirit, because I might have the courage to speak, God shows up and takes my words and in his power and in his love and through the power of his spirit, he takes my words, as frail and broken as they are, and makes them something that is good, speaking his truth to the hearts of another. Have courage, brothers and sisters. Speak of hope and love of Jesus Christ in your life, brothers and sisters. Don't be afraid to stand in truth and speak it in love so that as you do, God might show up. Even if you do not know what is going to come out of your mouth next, God does. Yes, you may mess it up. 
Yes, you may make a left turn at Albuquerque when you should have turned right. Yes, maybe you will go off track a little bit. But here's what I promise. The more that you and I have courage to speak, the more possibility there is for the Spirit to use our words to glorify Him by showing the world His power. But that does take courage. It does take faith. It does take you and I overcoming that fear. But here's the thing. When we even begin to speak, God is the one in us through the work of Jesus, through the work of the Holy Spirit, giving us even that ability to overcome that fear. Welcome him in more. Welcome, come, come, Lord, speak to me. And you know when those moments come, right? Because your heart begins to beat. Your, your fingers or your hands begin to shake, not because the cops are showing up, but because you're fearful that, that you know, how am I going to do this? What am I going to say? What am I going to do? In those moments, welcome the Holy Spirit in. And as you and I do, God moves in us, transforms us, and speaks through us so that people may hear. Now, a final point that I want to make abundantly clear to you, brothers and sisters, this morning, is that there is only one way into God's city. This world will tell you there's lots of ways to God. It's one of those things where we have the conversation about various religions. And believe me, understand me, I think that there is much for us as people of followers of Jesus to learn from other faiths. We should be having dialogues with the Muslim community. We should be having dialogues with the Jewish community and with other communities to learn and grow in our understanding of who God is and how we understand what our faith looks like. We should be having those conversations, but I want you to hear me. When Jesus says in the book of John, he says, I am the gate. He also says, I am the way. Now, in those contexts, that gate discussion, that's around a uh, sheepfold, and he is the sheep to go through as a city. God is the gate to the city through Jesus Christ. And there is no other way into God's fullness, God's power, God's grace, and God's love except through that gate of Jesus. Now, we can still see God's city from the outside if we don't know Jesus. It's one of the reasons why conversations with people of other faiths or we see the city of God from... We can learn the Father is through Jesus. It's what he said. It's his promise to us. As we... We come into the presence of that power. That power that is a good power. Uh, um, from Lion, Witch, in the Wardrobe, we hear this illustration of God as this great lion. And that phrase that constantly, constantly uh, sort of echoes in my brain is that it's Aslan, who is the God character. He is dangerous. But he is good. 
The world sees that dangerous God, that dangerous God that says, I'm going to make things new. I'm going to take things in your life and throw them up in the air and put them together in a whole new way, in my way. That's the danger. But here's the truth that we understand through Jesus Christ, everything that God constructs in us through his presence in his city is good. City of God, if you do not know Jesus... Come, after this service, I will be right here. There'll be some other folks right here. We want to talk with you about the way into God's power because we want that hope for you. We don't want God's power and God's presence in your life to bring you fear. We that that power and that presence, encouragement, it's hope. God is still at work in us. God is with us. He's never power to. Come, let's talk. Let's experience power together because he's building us together to be it. And as we live into that truth, the world sees us when we open our mouths and when we live our lives. God for who he is, really God of love, who is dangerous, but he's good. Let's pray. Good Father, You have shown yourself to us in so many ways and we have received your presence in our lives in different ways at different times. Sometimes, Lord, we receive it in fear because we know our own sin and our own brokenness. We know how you call us to be made new and that conviction of our own sin and our brokenness. I don't want God too close. He's not going to love me Because he's going to know all those things that I don't want anyone to know. But Lord, your presence and your power in us is always good in our lives. You do make things work together. And we want to be a part of that goodness. We long to more fully and completely understand how how you are making us in new ways. And your power and your love and your grace in us is, is... The city is getting greater. The city is getting more beautiful. And one day, Lord, we know that in your fullness, when Christ comes again, we will see the city in all its glory. And that will be quite a sight. We look forward to that day, Lord. Move in us now that we are working on that construction along with you in ourselves, in others, and in the world that we live in. We pray these things all in the name of Jesus. Amen.